Hey Girl Hey. Welcome to Savannah Turner's Hey Girl Hey podcast. A place where we seek to inspire, comfort, and connect. Through the experiences of our guests, I want to offer young women some I wish I knew wisdom and hope to provide comfort in the idea that success is allowed to look different than the roadmap we had originally drawn out for ourselves. I'm your host, Savannah Turner, and today on the show, I'm talking with author and speaker Grace Valentine. If you are familiar with Grace's work, then you know the gift she has for encouraging and uplifting young women. I can't tell you how many posts I've saved on Instagram that start with, for the college girl struggling with dot dot dot. This show is geared specifically towards college-age women, with stories shared from the women who have been in our shoes before. And while there are many women who have been exactly where you may find yourself now, Grace knows how to empathize with her readers and offers advice that is transparent and relatable. She just gets it. So now that I've finished fangirling, I'm excited for you all to hear from Grace and the crazy amount of wisdom she has to share. So to Grace, I am so excited to say, hey girl, hey, welcome to the show. Savannah, I'm so excited. And that was all so sweet to say. I also think how cool it is that you're like in college right now and you're doing this, how like that must really empathize and like resonate with your listeners too. the fact that you're like, I'm here and I know we need more things that encourage us and comfort us. So like, here's this podcast. And so I'm honored to be on Hey Girl Hey and Hey Girl Hey everyone. But <laughs> thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so excited to, that I get to sit down and chat with you and pick your brain. So diving right in, you are a published author three times over, um, and you have a following of hundreds of thousands of young women, not just women in college, but, you know, women fresh out of college, grad school, just that general age bracket. Um, did you ever see yourself in this kind of role or anything resembling it while you were in college? You know, it's, it's honestly, when I was like in high school, I felt very called to write. Like I always, even when I was 12 years old, I always wanted to write books. Like that's what I told my parents and my parents are the best people ever, but they're both bankers. And so they're not these creative dreamers. Like, you know, even still like now it's only really recently that they're like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is great. Like, this can work. Like, before they were, like, always the one who would just be more realistic. And I'm like, hee hee, like, God's calling me. Um, But in college, I think especially, like, in high school, I felt called to it. And, like, there was one time I came back in college, I remember telling a mentor of mine in high school, like, I just really feel, like, called to write Christian material that's relatable. And the first person I told was a high school mentor. And she was like, I see it. And I'm, like, so thankful that she said that because I think that's so rare but the first time you say that silly dream on your heart, someone's like, I see it because no people are like, really? Oh, why? Like, you know, and they ask so many questions, but I think sometimes people just need the affirmation of like, I see it. And so, but when I was in college, there were so many times I was kind of struggling with like the party phase, the story life and finding my place. And I was the girl like called the standard. So I don't know. I started writing funny pieces first when I was like writing blogs. And then slowly when my relationship with God started to be the only thing that could comfort me in college. Um, and then slowly changed me. And it wasn't like a bibbity boppity boo. I stopped drinking alcohol overnight, but there was a couple of days where I was like, okay, I need to get rid of this lifestyle I was living. Um, and at that point when I was at my lowest of my low, I don't know if I would have seen that I'd be doing what I do now. I think I wouldn't believe you. I would be like laughing at it, but there was also this, like always in my heart, this crazy, I don't want to say dream because 
I truly try not to make it about me as much as I can, but it is still like a dream in some creative way. But also this just calling of like, gosh, there's no books that I relate to. I want to write stuff and material that I relate to that's kind of straight up that doesn't talk about the things I did right. Like is more honest about the things I still struggle with or I did struggle with and points people to scripture in an easy to understand way because that's ultimately my goal is to like incorporate scripture when people least expect it and especially reach the people who are like, they know Jesus, but they don't know what to do. And so I don't know if that even answers your question. It's probably like a long route, but like in some ways, yes, I saw myself doing this because of God's spirit and like his tenderness to like show me different moments like where I was like, that'd be so cool if I could do that. Maybe he's calling me. But at the same time, I think the enemy put so many lies in my head in some really hard seasons where I never would have expected this. But that's the good thing about God is he's full of unexpected blessings. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you went to your your mentor and told her your dream, which kind of, I, I feel like that takes an extreme amount of vulnerability, just given past experience. So props to you for doing that. And, and then, you know, she spoke life over you and that's kind of what got the ball rolling, but how did you go? I mean, it wasn't overnight. How did you go from that to the following that you have today? Well, I love that you asked that because it really wasn't overnight. And I think we live in such a viral world where people assume a success like I have. Like I was even talking to a guy friend who wants to write and he goes, well, I don't have a following. I'm like, what did you think I started with? Like, you know, like I didn't start with like a following. Um, My senior year of high school, I went through an eating disorder and I had been like the weird girl growing up a little bit. Like I was really not cute, not in a bad way. Uh, well, and I guess I'm meaning that in a bad way myself. Um. But I was made fun of, like so many things happened to me. But then I like all of a sudden became obsessed with my looks. And I remember thinking in high school, if I'm going to ever become successful, I have to be hot. And that's like so sad. I hate that I thought that. And I had an eating disorder and I finally did become class president, like on prom court, homecoming court. And I think that's almost that hurt me more because it in a way it works like the cuter I was. I did get more like opportunities from the world, but I was so I wasn't filled with joy like I was more stressful. I was hungry, like literally needed a snack, like the whole time. But then I spoke at my high school graduation. It was a public school. And even though it was the Christian girl, like I remember walking off that stage and being like, gosh, that would be so cool if I could like speak and write and do like funny remarks, but then bring it back to like a deep word, but like for Jesus, but there's no girls who do that. And there's no career out there that does that. And I remember that dream when I was 12, where I went to write like love stories. Like I went to write like Nicholas Sparks books. Like, <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. Um, watches a Hallmark movie once. I'm like, I can write that. Um, but so then I remember that was the moment. And then I came back after like, gosh, I want to say it was either my freshman or sophomore year. And I was struggling with the party phase, but like, I felt like God really put it on my heart then. And so I remember in the playroom of my old mentor's house telling her like, I mean, have you heard of Beth Moore? Like, I don't know. I feel like I would want to write like her, but like more relatable for like a younger generation, but it sounds silly. And I think it's more honestly brave and remarkable that Miss Stacy, my mentor at the time, even said, I see it then, because at that point, you know, my hair is like, I'm messy. I'm this hungover mess. I wasn't hungover then, but like, I, you can just tell I'm like going through it and her to say, you know, I see it. Like, I believe that that calling could be on your heart. Like, what are you going to do next? And so what I did next was I started writing funny pieces for websites. Like there was a website super popular, but it wasn't even popular then, but I had found it would let me post my work on there. It was called the Odyssey. And so I wrote funny pieces and then slowly 
when my relationship with God started changing my life, it took a lot of things. I would write religious pieces. And they first were like, we don't want these religious pieces on our site, but they did really well view wise. And so then they were like, oh my gosh, post more of these Christian content. And it was a secular website. And then finally they wanted to own my work. Um, which sounds so silly. I felt like Dolly Parton, whatever, like when she like does never sold a song away. Mm-hmm. And that was where I felt God tell me like, don't sign this away for no matter how much money it costs, because this could be in a book one day. And I took all those pieces that were the God pieces, put them on a website, added some more. And the same pieces that went viral before I was like, God, that's so annoying. I already posted them. They won't go viral again. They went viral on my own website. And at that point I didn't have a social media. I was just posting formal pictures. Like like my normal sorority life, um, not posting my written work. And then my website grew to the point where a publishers reached out to me. I actually, no, I begged them still. <laughs> they weren't begging me. Um, but there were so many like, God, I found an agent after begging a hundred, only one took me on. There was one publisher who believed in my work and said, we'll sign you for one book. Um, and the book did really well. But at that point, my following hadn't grown on social media. And so it took a lot of like, honestly, boldness because it's all fun to write books, but it sometimes feels weird to constantly write on Instagram, especially when at that point I was at 10,000 followers, which in the grand scheme of it sounds like a lot, but wasn't like I was, you know, known for that. And I got made fun of a lot. And when I was in college, when I'd write Christian stuff by like fraternity guys, you know, um, and I'll never forget too, at the bar, the last week of senior week, there was one fraternity guy who was one of my friends goes, Grace, everyone talks so much crap about your writing, but I just know when you leave, it could blow up. And I remember being like, thank you. Like, so you agree people talk crap about, it? um, and I've seen him since, and we've joked about that conversation a lot. And so there was a lot of hard work. And then honestly, in 2020, I got furloughed from my church job, which was actually what was paying my bills. I think people sue when you're writing a book. You're just like balling in the money. <laughs> and finally, at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, if I believe that I'm called to write books, I'm in a call to go full time. I'm going to go full force with this on Instagram. I was nannying and I'm still like babysitting every now and then because it's like, you know, good to have consistent money and not all your eggs in one basket in the beginning of creative careers. But yeah, at that point, I started posting my writings all the time. And it's so cool how God's faithfulness of, you know, I was furloughed. I was crying about this job. And it was really him leading me to go full force in this career that I had been like a little bit and then back away a little bit. And so I feel like there's so many people at the end of college when you're trying to go full force into something, but it's a little scary. So you get, you back away. Um, but I'd encourage anyone called to something. You might need other side gigs. Like I was doing whatever I could, but it worked better around my writing schedule. And so I did that. And I'm so thankful. And that's how I got to where I was today. And it wasn't overnight. It wasn't one viral moment that people are used to. I wasn't like this Alex Earl. Everyone woke up and decided we love grace. You know, like it was just a lot of tending and being faithfulness, writing and trying to think what do people need? And also just praying about what do I think girls in college need right now? Like, what was I struggling? Like, I'll even go back and look at photos of myself in college at that time of year and like be like, oh, I was showing the finals. Like, oh, I was hung over at the bar the next day getting my ID that I left there. You know, I'll do all that to try to like channel that and just pray for that wisdom. That's awesome. That's incredible. And it's so cool for me. Actually, like full disclosure, talking to you is kind of surreal right now because literally the past year, the the way that God has worked through your talent of writing and just placing the right post at the right time in my feed is just, I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's there. I don't believe in coincidences, 
And I just I think it's so cool how he works and how he put those posts. I mean, it, it was as if it was literally it spoke exactly to my situation and not just one time, like several times. And sitting here talking about it right now, I can think of a handful of girls that I'm friends with. The same happens for them. And we'll actually send your posts kind of back and forth to each other. So we knew about you for a while before this. But um, you have such a gift for speaking directly to the situations that we find ourselves in when we find them, find ourselves in them, which I think is just so cool. And it's such a cool, like, it's fun to, well, fun's not the right word, but it's really cool to see that play out. Um, That's honestly the one prayer I do have when it comes to writing. Like people always ask like, what's my writing process? I might be on the couch, but there is. So whenever I get that encouragement to me, that is like the most sign of God too, for me, because the prayer that I have in my heart is Lord. Like if there's some daughter who's feeling restless tonight and like their prayers feel unanswered, they're struggling and they're not even looking your way. Let this be the post that comes up on their feed and points them to you. And once again, I think it's cool when I think back to like who I was in high school and I thought I had to be hot and I literally lose followers when I post my face. And I freaking love that. Like, I love that. No one cares what I look like. Like, you know, like it's literally people are ride or die for the the word of God and the many books. And I'm like, it's so it's like that when you say that to me, I want that to be such a testament of like God. And that prayer that he answered of mine and also just like he hears everyone's restless thoughts. And in Ecclesiastes 4, I believe it says, there's nothing new under the sun. Like what has been will be again. Like the same problems that high schoolers face today, college girls once faced. You know, it might be a little different. There might be more social media. It might not be Zach Afron anymore. It might be like, I don't know, Joshua Bassett, like whoever it is, you know, but the same problems from the past come again. And so I can look back on those. I pray to God understanding that. But yeah, that's such a sign of God's faithfulness, not even my own, because that's a prayer that I have for young girls as they read my posts. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about your time in college. Um, So my first question is, what was your biggest fear when you were in college? Gosh, I think just people... People not liking me, that sounds so silly. People thinking I wasn't cool. And I get that sounds like so like, you know, like a Disney Channel movie, like you're a loser. Like, you know, <laughs> I just think, and also missing out. Um, I think people talk so much about the college experience. I was like, I have to soak this college experience and these will be the best days of my life, Um, which I don't agree. I think the best days are always yet to come. Like there's so many, when you're walking in God's faithfulness, like there are so many blessings and it's not based on a quote unquote season. It's based on his goodness and his goodness is good every day. And so the best is always like around the corner. But I think that was my fears. I think there was also fear in career and calling. I think boys were a fear, not in like, I'm scared of boys, but I honestly think I'm 26 and single and I'm very content. But if you would have told me I was 26 and single at that age, I think I'd be like, ew, in my old hag, you know, (laughs) I hope you're putting yourself out there, sis. But it's so cool because I wouldn't be doing what I did today if I wasn't single. You know, like I'm to be able to travel. I'm able to do that. And like there'll be someone out there for me. I truly believe. So it's funny how like your fears can end up turning to be like God can take your same fears and use it for his glory if you give it to him at his feet. Um, so those are my fears. I think also just when I was stuck in the party phase, I was so scared that I could never convince anyone I was Christian or I could never convince anyone that I was cool. It was like, I was, I wanted the Christians to believe in me so bad. Even when I gave the party phase, I'm like, do they not see I've changed? Cause they didn't, they didn't believe that I changed. And I was so frustrated, but then I also wanted the cool people to think like, did, don't they see that I'm cool and like funny. And so I think in college, you have so many voices just telling you that you need to be more. And it's so hard to just realize that you're not even called to be more like you're supposed to see that the God who can do surpassing, 
So like more than you can ever imagine is walking with you through it all. Yeah. Most recently, like this week specifically, I have come across, I think it's Psalm 139, 14, which is like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's not just in one thing. Like I heard it in a sermon the other day, but then I also read it in my devotional. And then I also actually, I was reading your book and it was in the chapter that I was reading. And then also a friend sent it to me and it was all these isolated incidences. And so it's so funny you say that it's, there are so many voices. It's like, you want to please this group over here and you want to be this person for them. And then you want to go over here and you got to, you know, put on this persona for them. And it's so, there's just such a sense of peace whenever you finally come to the realization of like, no, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, what you see is what you get. I can't offer anything more, anything less. Like, and that's okay. Take or leave me. But like, I'm not really doing it for you anyway. Yeah. That's not the point. Apparently, that's something I need to listen to. That's a theme I need to listen to. Yeah. The God wink when you hear it more than once. I'm a firm believer. Okay. And it's like also in college, I think you're around so many people also trying to be successful, trying to do all the things. Like y'all all got into the same school. So you're around the same smarts, you know, some people got more scholarship though. But I also think what I wish I knew at that age was being like, be confident in who you are and also content with who you are not. And that's something I say in my next book. And I think the reason is because we get so, you see someone doing something so well, I will never be a singer. I'll never be an actor. I will never be a fashion blogger. People who make those Amazon lists blow my mind. I'm like, you sit there and you like organize them. I'm like, I have no desire. I don't care. You can don't have to tell me how much money I can make. I don't care. I I just literally don't care about finding a dupe for everything on, on Amazon. And I have to be content with who I am not. I don't need to try to be who I am not. I think when I first started this career too, I remember seeing a lot of like Instagram Christian influencers post pictures of themselves laughing in the wind. So I was like, you know what? Like in order to be an author, I have to get a photo shoot, cute outfits and laugh in the freaking wind. And like, that is just what I do with a, a long caption. And I was like, this is what it's all about. And it never worked. It was like wearing jeans that didn't fit. And so then finally one day I was like, you know what? I don't like to post photos of myself laughing in the wind, but I like to write captions but then I saw all these authors just writing one words like one line and I was like okay I would do that and it didn't fit and then when I started my mini books which is like more along so many people were like who's gonna read all that I'm like I don't know but this feels like it's more me and I'm so thankful I was confident in like who I was and the way I wrote but also content with what I can't do and there's nothing wrong with people who laugh in the wind or have the best style or do one quote but that's just not me and same with other things in my life like I love to work out but I am not I don't not feel called. I do not feel called to like show like a workout routine on Instagram unless I'm inspiring people to work out. I'm not telling people to do. I don't know if I'm doing my like things right. Like I don't know if my muscles are working right. I'm just trying out there. And so I think in college, you may be called to be a nurse and it's so easy to be like, oh, but is it cooler to be a doctor? Like, should I be a doctor? Does that make me more successful? Will people think less of me that I'm a nurse? I'm like, no, you're a nurse. And that is a great calling, a calling that saves lives and a calling that's the hands and feet of Jesus. Like be content that you're not a doctor, but also be confident that you're a freaking nurse and you're going to be changing lives. Like you're going to be a kindergarten teacher. Same thing. Like be content that you don't feel called to teach calculus to high schoolers. And that doesn't make you less worthy. It makes you so beautiful that you're teaching kids they're reading and that you're going to be the person they remember and that vulnerable age they are at when they're learning about their feelings. And so I just think it's so easy to want to be more when you should just understand that you more has been given to you by your savior, more has been given to you by your creator. And when you're confident in that and okay, that you don't have every freaking gifting in this world, you're going to have way more ability to do your purpose because you're not going to be distracted by other people's purpose. 
Yeah, totally, totally. And he can take whatever you think is so in- insignificant or not, you know, seemingly not a lot and multiply it tenfold. You know, mm-hmm. the Instagram captions that, you know, the mini books and the things that you post, technically, like if you just look at the like what's on paper, the resources there are not they're minimal. It's not like you're, you know, mm-hmm. in a studio with several people helping you write these captions. It's, no, this is like your <laughs> yeah you're using your phone and you know I don't know Canva, some, the free version yeah Canva, yeah and and writing these posts and so on paper it doesn't seem like a lot but the the people that you reach and the ways that you uplift and encourage and inspire that's priceless and so I just think it's so cool how he you know he takes like yeah you can sit, sit there and look at it and be like yeah mm, that's I don't want to do that that doesn't seem like impressive or you know dazzle me and he will just, you know, mm. let him, let him do it. There's a story in the Bible of someone named Tabitha and I've talked about her before on Instagram, but I love her because all it says about her is that she was kind and cared for like the poor and the overlooked. And she just sewed clothes for the widows and the poor. And I, I think there's, there's some of us who may be called to this like Deborah life and to like become a political boss. There's some of us who may be called to use our voice to speak up like Esther, but there's also Deborah who sewed clothes and made such a legacy that people walked like 30 miles there and back for a miracle for her not to be dead. And so I just want to say that real quick. Like there's something so beautiful about living a big loving life and not trying to make your name big. And I think in college people underestimate like how, what having a loving legacy means. Yeah. And so it's not what you do. It's who you are. So what is a question that I haven't asked you yet, but that you wished I had? I think, um, honestly, this sounds dumb. I love this. I love being honest about things I'm struggling with and, and not like it. Oh my God, I'm struggling. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure when people think of someone in this field as a professional Christian. And I think I posted the other day, I'm like, my goal this year is to not curse as much. And that sounds so dumb, but like, I want people to also know that side of me that I'm still figuring it out. And not that I wish you asked, I just think it's something that I have lately been trying to humble myself and admit things like that. I had kissed a kiss two boys. I shouldn't have last year. Like, you know, like I'm hanging up frogs. Um, like, you know, and I'm not saying those are good things that I should deserve praises, but I think I wish I know that you asked me that I'd be more honest with my listeners and readers about that. And I'm trying to work on that and also be more, and I am convicted, honest about the conviction and how beautiful it is to realize that. Because I think people see someone who writes on Instagram and they assume that's like all their sin has been bibbity boppity booed. And like lately I've been like, you know what? Like sanctification is like a process and something that I'm like trying to work on daily and I get distracted too. And so that's something I wish you asked about something that I feel the need to be honest with everyone that if you don't have your faith all perfectly boxed in yet, like that's okay. And that's not, that's the point of like trusting in God. It's a verb. It's not just this like action or destination, but it is something that's worth it. And to try to be obedient and feel convicted and go further in your faith and wisdom. Last question. What is it like, what is a single piece of advice that you wish someone had given you while you were in college? Yeah. Well, definitely what I already said, the be confident in who you are and content with who you are not. But also, I think be who you needed when you were younger. And I say that a lot of my Instagram posts. Um, and there's so much influence you have. And so I think just how beautiful the gospel is, is when you're, you become who you needed when you were broken and who you, when you were younger. And so many times I think we 
talk about our faith and we talk about like how worship makes us feel Christ, but worship isn't just a song. Like I also believe like the love languages, like the acts of service, you need to be finding ways that you can serve right now because a lot of us hear God a lot more vividly when we're giving advice. to like an eighth grade girl, or when we're calling it old, a senior in high school, who's deciding what college to go to. And we're letting her come up for the weekend, like using your influence and helping them and seeing them is so important. See who you needed when you were broken and find ways to serve because it's a lot easier to hear from God when you're living out the love language of acts of service too. And you get to watch, you know, him come in and give you the advice. Cause a lot of time when I'm giving the advice on things, I realize, you know what? I need to take that advice too. Like if I'm going to say that to a friend, I should be saying that to myself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, all of the, you know, the being hyper fixated on what this group of people is saying about you or this group of people tying it back to what we were talking about before listening to the other voices, it, it's me centric. If I'm focused on what everyone's talking about, yeah. what I'm doing, you know, it's it is, it is. And it just creates this, you know, just a bunch of unnecessary worry. When you recenter your focus to doing something for someone else, you no longer have the mental bandwidth to focus on whatever everyone else is saying about you, or you have less mental bandwidth or less mental energy to give to that. And so, mm-hmm. and, and the piece that too, of what you mentioned of like, okay, well, I'm giving this advice to this person. I should probably take it. Like I kind of stung, like I should probably yeah. listen to my own advice. Yeah. And there've been so many times when I've not to say that I give advice constantly, but when I have, I'm, I listen to myself and I'm like, I, I, it's literally immediately followed by like, yeah, I should probably take my own advice. Like, you know, mm-hmm. do as I do as I say, not as I do. I'm like, no, I should start doing what I say. Like it, it all exactly. needs to up. It holds you accountable because you're like, you know what? And also it's like when you're kind of like when you have that brain going through a breakup and you're like, this is what you're worth. I also think when you're in college, you have to remind yourself like, okay, you just had a bad test. You forgot to turn an assignment. Like, what would you tell your friend? You'd be like, that sucks, but that's okay. Like there, there's better days ahead. Like, like you can still turn your grade around. But when you're internalizing it, you're like, everything is spiraling. I'll never be successful. And you're just going to jump to conclusions. Instead of jumping to conclusions, like take a breath and think, what would I say to a friend? And actually believe that. And like we said about the caring about what people think, if you're so busy looking to the left and to your right of what everyone's thinking about you or saying about you, you're going to miss out on your present blessings right ahead of you. And so don't look back. Don't look to the left and to the right of what so-and-so says. Like, just look forward and press on in your lane and see what God's doing. Yeah, totally. Okay. So what are the best ways for our audience members to reach out and connect with you? Yes, of course. On Instagram at the Grace Valentine. Also, I have this giveaway. Have you heard about my giveaway I'm doing for my next book, Savannah? I haven't. Tell me about it. Though. Okay. So anyone can enter to win a trip with them and one friend to go to Universal, all expense paid, and hang out with me and my friends for a week. I like begged my publisher for this. I was like, this is so worth it. Screw the Facebook ads. Invest in my trip to Universal with me. (laughs) And they're like, okay, Grace, we'll do it. Uh, So if you pre-order my new Devo book to the girl looking for more, and then click the link in my bio, and you just fill out this Google form with your confirmation code, you can win a trip for you and one friend, or if you're under 18, then like, I guess I'm an adult, you know, it could be a sister though. Um, but y'all could come to Universal Orlando, spend the day with me in the weekend, you get a hotel for it and your flights are paid, your meals are paid, the park is paid for it. And yeah, so pre-order my next book, but also maybe hang out in Universal and Harry Potter world with me. <laughs> that sounds so fun. I'm going to do it. That sounds awesome. Me too, I hope. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. You guys should too. Well, Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I loved 
officially meeting you. And I loved all of the advice and the words of wisdom that you were able to share. It was so great. Yes. Thank you, Savannah. And I'm still, like I said, so impressed that you're doing this in college. I think that's so cool that you're just following your calling and like what God has gifted you at. And I think your listeners can also be inspired by your faithfulness that you're not waiting for when you graduate. You're like, you know, this is what God has called me to today and I'm going to do it. And so that's how I relate to that a lot because that's how I started. And so just keep being like consistent and showing up for your listeners. And I know that they appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Savannah Turner's Hey Girl Hey. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Hey underscore Sav for more info about our guests, podcast updates, and fun ways that you can get involved.